0: Right, guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Heat Locker. My name's Luke Martin. If you've listened to our episodes before, uh, we're it's been a little while since we've done one. It's been a few months, but we haven't had anyone special enough to have in here. Um, today I've got a friend of mine that's visiting from New York. We've got uh, the super talented Jason Rao. Jason um, Jason's a Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Matt Sarah. Jason's um probably right at the top of submission grappling in really the world right now, uh, an absolute monster. He trains at um you know trains at a, a bunch of places, but he you know he's sort of known for coming out of the um the Danaher Death Death Squad and all those killers under Danaher at uh, Hensley Gracie Academy in Manhattan. And um, we're going to talk to Jason today. We're going to talk about just a bunch of stuff, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, we want to thank our sponsor, Endless Combat. Um, those guys have uh, actually just recently done a bunch of shorts for Sydney West Martial Arts with our with our logo on them so we're really happy with that, they've turned out fantastic and um, if you want to get any of the Endless stuff, jump on their website EndlessCombat.com and use the promo code HEATLOCKER10 if you uh, want to buy something get a 10% discount uh, welcome Jace. thanks for having me Luke good to have you here yeah. um, we're kind of as always trialing different mic setups so mm-hmm. we'll see hopefully you can hear us both pretty well and um, and we'll go from there Jason's uh, Jason's hit the ground he came to Australia to us from New York on what was it He let Friday night Friday night no, no
1: Friday, morning. Yeah. Friday morning Friday morning so you he got morning.
0: here at 630 Friday morning today is uh, Wednesday We're we're currently doing this Wednesday uh, Wednesday morning and so Jason's kind of acclimatized I think how are, you, how are you feeling with the jet lag and stuff now
1: I feel good uh, I feel you know like my uh, sleep pattern is pretty normal now I feel like you know I feel normal yeah. like, uh, like I'm back in New York you know
0: do you think that um what is it the, um, what's the spray what's the stuff that we got to,
1: uh, melatonin uh, yeah do you think
0: melatonin makes a difference with that
1: Uh I mean I take it when I'm uh, at home just to sleep in general and if I don't I, I certainly notice a difference I feel like it makes it a little harder to fall asleep so I think that definitely helped but uh I think like before i came here like you had said um trying to get myself on your guys uh you know time zone time zone uh-huh. as quickly as possible so you know yeah on the flight over i tried to avoid sleeping and you know, i flew out about six o'clock on uh my wednesday night so i avoided sleeping on the first flight avoided sleeping on the second flight until uh the very end so i got in at i think six thirty, uh friday morning here so it was as if like i kind of slept a few hours and then woke up in the morning so you know i think i was yeah you know on the time zone you know, relatively quickly I mean it's just
0: a, it's a huge flight
1: oh yeah it's, uh, it's long it's brutal
0: I um as you know I, I came over in October last year and I, it, ham- it hammered me for days like yeah, it took yeah. me a few days like not, not only was I feeling jet lag but then I was rocking up into a room of just killers just tearing just oh, yeah, into yeah. bits and the mixture of that i I'd never been so sore and exhausted yeah, in my life yeah uh, um, jet lag's a real thing definitely fucks you up yeah yeah for sure um, so I wanted to sort of go, like I think people are probably interested in how does a guy go from you know it, we're all just jiu jitsu players and people who like it, but how do you go from being you know just a jiu jitsu guy to all of a sudden being you know right there at the top? I mean you've um you've had some you've had some big matches already. You have just come off Kasai Pro Three just recently. You're yep. in the one seventy pound tournament. Yeah, had like for all accounts, I mean especially for your first time probably a big show was a phenomenal performance. Thank you. Uh, I mean it was fantastic to watch you knowing you because it's obviously more yeah, invested. Yeah. Um you I mean I still don't think those rules kind of suit you as much as maybe some other tournaments. Um it was uh, for those that don't know, Kasai probably runs maybe the best show around right now. Yeah, I would think I mean, so. E B I yeah. for a long time ran um and still does run shows but it's maybe a slightly different uh, it's more of just a, a straight out tournament of yeah, sixteen yeah, guys, yeah. but um, they run it. One a great show, but they do run that six minute match with the with the uh pool type round robin thing, and it can uh, with the points. That's yes, the thing yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, makes yeah. it different for you, I suppose. And I mean, your only losses were by points. All guys kind of um, you know, trying to stay out of that submission and 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 get from there. But um, I mean, you side of the bracket, you had the eventual winner. Yeah, yeah, uh, Canuto. Yep. he was on your side um phenomenal performance like but how do you go from being you know jason Rao, young kid starts jiu-jitsu and and then you know how does this happen like so just i wanted to go through kind of like you know you started jiu-jitsu what made you want to start and and sort of go from yeah. there yeah
1: yeah so i uh i started when uh i was 20 it was like early 2010 i did a uh, you know wrestle at high school Yeah, you know, i wasn't super serious about it but uh one of my buddies um who i had wrestled with in high school he uh he went to Hofstra University, which is like a local university on Long Island where I live. and uh,
0: Hofstra, is that the one that, um, that's the one that Wyvern went yeah, to? Yeah, that's right? where Chris Wyman went yeah. to. Yeah,
1: there's quite a few, uh, you know, a lot of like um, Long Island wrestlers uh, end up going to Hofstra. Mm-hmm. You know, quite a few of them have gone to the MMA, Chris Wyman being, being one of them. Um, but yeah, there was a jiu-jitsu club at Hofstra University. It was run by a, a blue belt who, who was under Matt Serra, and he kind of ran this club. It was two days a week and my friend uh, Greg brought me down. I tried it out, and you know, I thought it was so cool. I thought it was, you know, kind of similar to wrestling with a different twist, and I just went down to math school. I signed up, you know, maybe a week or two later, and I've kinda, you know, I've been training ever since. You know, I never I never really took many breaks. I kinda, you know, loved it right away. I started training every day, and, you know, of course, this was at a time where there was no real pro- professional jiu-jitsu. You know, obviously, the UFC was prevalent, MMA was pretty prevalent, and, uh, you know, at first, it was just a hobby. It was something I enjoyed doing, and kind of over the years, as more opportunities presented themselves, I started to realize that this is definitely something I could make a career out of. And mm. kind of the last uh, you know, two two and a half years, especially, um, I really feel like I've been doing that. And you know, each you know every few months, I feel like not only do I make a jump in skill level, but uh, you know, I feel like I my name gets out there even more and I'm, you know, creating more and more opportunities for myself. Like, you know, for example, coming out here, teaching seminars in Australia, yeah. teaching private lessons, you know, where, you know, maybe four or five years ago that would not be available to me at well, all. Well we woke up
0: uh we woke up this morning and flow grappling, you know, all over front of Flow Grappling is uh Jason Rio grappling with Craig Jones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That alone. Just little things like that start yeah, to absolutely you know, you know, it's, catching so on.
1: it's pretty cool. You know, I feel like uh you know I definitely have been able to create a lot of opportunities for myself um you know through working hard and you know associating myself with the right people and i feel like uh, things are really really starting to pay off for me which is awesome
0: did you were you that kid who was a phenom from the beginning even as a white belt you were the white belt who was a nightmare for the purple belts or were you just your average joe until something kind of
1: i would certainly say um i
0: mean you don't talk obviously like you know i would certainly
1: say i picked things up quickly i mean i think you know especially you know being a gym owner you see this you know when i started most of the people were uh there wasn't as many guys my age doing it you know it was kind of you had a you know at sarah's you kind of had like the crew that had been here for a while been there for a while they you know they were most of them were in like at least their late 20s early 30s so i was i was kind of a lot younger than a lot of people i trained with so i definitely think you know especially you know you, you teach you see this i think it's easier for younger people to pick this up you know someone that starts this in their late 30s or 40s definitely has more difficulty learning than someone who starts it at a younger age, so I think I had that uh, as an advantage. Also, I didn't really have time constraints. You know, I was twenty years old. I was in school, but you know, like uh, Sarah's was like right down the block from where I was going to college. It was very easy for me to get into class. Yeah, you know, I didn't have a family or really any obligations. I had a job, but I kind of you know I would train every day, and I definitely think I had some aptitude for picking it up quickly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think uh, you know it was just part of. You know, I don't want to say my dedication, just my desire to train. Often, you know, my yeah. desire to get better. I think that kind of, you know, if something uh, seriously interests you and you really enjoy something, I think getting good at it becomes a lot easier as yeah. opposed to you know maybe struggling to find a passion or finding a drive. Did
0: you? So you're twenty
1: eight at the moment. I'm twenty eight. Twenty eight. So you started when you're twenty. Your feet Some is yeah. that
0: sort of right. Is it around that sort of figure? Yeah, that was yeah. the same as me. I started yeah, yeah. at twenty. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit older. Than you some. Quite a slow learner. I'm just waiting for that, you know, magic <laughs> moment where I uh, explode. No, I'm joking. Um, it's funny how, especially lately, it's sort of been shown that it's not just time in the books. Now, time in the books is, is useful, but there's plenty of 20 year black belts who will get smoked by some absolutely. new purple belt I mean, who's four years in, but it's just this phenom that just picks everything up. And yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Gordon Ryan and those guys down at mm-hmm. down at Danaher's have kind of been perfect examples. Yeah. Of that. Um, so you. You know, so you started to show aptitude for it and then I suppose the big question from that you would get, I imagine, is uh, you know, how does the Danaher thing come about? So obviously it's a similar lineage. So your yeah. coach, Matt Sarah, uh, like actually started before John Danaher. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So like,
1: Matt uh, you know, Matt was kind of one of the original uh, guys at a Hansel Gracie Academy in New York City. You know, I, I believe he started maybe like ninety five, like shortly after the first UFC, you know, he started with a uh, this guy called Craig Kluck, or Ku who was a, uh, who was actually the only really jiu-jitsu guy in the tri-state area, and I remember M- Matt saying he would drive like two hours to go train with this guy, you know, once a week. They and what didn't... they do was
0: it like a blue belt or something. At time? No, he.
1: I think he was a. I think he was a black belt under Henzo. Oh, or right, I, right. I don't know. I don't know exactly his lineage, but uh, you know, Matt would drive like two hours, you know, once a week to New Jersey. He would you know train with him. Um, then him and Nikki would. You know drill all the moves throughout the week and they would go back the next week you know and they would, that's kind of how they started uh, Nikki's Matts bro. Matts brother yep, yep. and yep. uh then uh you know when Henzo came to the United States I guess Henzo and Craig had some type of falling out and uh, Matt started training under Henzo and you know kind of the rest of his history he was like mm-hmm. the first American black belt under Henzo you know one of the you know the you know one of the first black belts that was here training in the United States that you know received the, one of the first Americans to receive a black belt yep. and um, and John had come in I think when Matt was a purple belt so yes you know. Obviously, the past few years, uh, you know, John was always known as a uh, you know George St. Pierre's MMA coach, known for his uh, MMA coaching ability. And you know, Always, obviously, known as an amazing grappling coach, but he never kind of had any grappling competitors to kind of showcase all his uh, all his amazing teaching. And then with the kind of the the Death Squad coming around, you know, um, you know people became the no data her you know in the jiu-jitsu competition scene and you know I figured it was kind of the natural progression for me you know I was training at Sarah's like I always had gone to Henzo's occasionally throughout the years and learned under John like I always was fascinated by him I thought he was an excellent teacher and uh, you know from the perspective of like trying to pursue the sport at the highest level like this just was the best avenue for me you know I'm not the type of person who would you know you know disaffiliate with matt and go train at unity or marcello's or you know go move to california and train at autos you know i'm very loyal to matt you know yep he's my good friend and uh i
0: think i think i think loyalty is very important i think it's really important yeah
1: i think so too um you know uh i think for myself like you know it goes both ways you know i've been i've been you know training under matt for you know for you know over eight years i've been teaching for him like uh not that I've stuck by him through thick and thin, but you know, I, yeah. I, I feel like I've you know he's your coach. Yeah, he's my coach. And mm. so, you know, as a result I feel like I like I've had the benefit of being able to go train at Henzo's being able to train in the city and like, mm-hmm. you know
0: Was there was there like a um you know, was there like a phone call from Matt to John going, Look, I got this young kid, he's good, you need I
1: want you to uh, or was it just kinda
0: of like, Look, Jason, I, go over there?
1: actually I uh, I started going there maybe like two thousand sixteen. I started going there sporadically, like uh once, you know, once a week, once every two weeks. And, like, I kind of became friendly with those guys. Not, not super friendly, but, like, so somewhat friendly with, like, Gordon and Gary. Um, and uh, then at the end of 2016, like, I think it was maybe December, late December, um, I kind of just made this switch and started going there, you know, full-time, like, three, four days a week, five days a week. And since then, like, my game has, like, uh, significantly mm. increased. Like, my name has grown. I, I've had you know, great results in competition. That's, like, kind of really what... I would say my career took off and things really started to open up for me.
0: Yeah, there's there's something going on there. Yeah, that's definitely. doing that. It's not when you have so many guys improve at such an astronomical rate and have success at the rate they have. It's not just yeah. Uh, oh, that guy was a good athlete, you know, like there's random UFC champions out of, like little gyms and you go Yeah, yeah you go yeah i'm sure it's good coaching but there must be something about that athlete Yeah. Absolutely. But when it's a group when it's just a co- and it's the same set of sequences and it's the yeah, same like absolutely. then it has to be something in like, what's happening yeah, there it's group. everybody
1: doing the same thing yeah. it's not uh you know it's not like somebody who like you said an isolated athlete in a small gym who kind of yeah. figures out how to make things work for themselves yeah. in a like extraordinary yeah. you know yeah. who's an extraordinary case mm-hmm. where other people in the same situation can't make that work you know it's you know it's and, and none of us are you know, none of the guys and those or the Danaher Death Squad, or any, none of us are like spectacular athletes or like, you know, incredibly talented. I just feel like we're all. Sorry, Gordon, Gordon might not be. <laughs> but uh, I feel like, you know, we're just, uh, I mean, all of us are hard workers and yeah. you know, we have access to very high level coaching yeah. and, and uh, training partners. That's yes. the other thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of access to, you know, pretty much the best coach in the world and John mm. Danaher. And mm. I think that's the real difference maker right there. I mean, he's
0: cemented himself he's really right now submitting himself up, especially after maybe last year's ADCC finals where <clears throat> you know Gordon did what he did and, and, yeah, and yeah. a few of the boys really overall performed very well I maybe mean, yeah, not absolutely. everyone meddled but no, like, I, I think Gary lost the third place battle but it was close yeah and,
1: and I mean Gary had a very close match with TT Torres he was the eventual yeah. champion you know in terms of uh I think it was, what is it, nine guys from Henzo's who did it. Yeah. I mean, that's more than any other team but the, ever. Uh, the
0: youngest, I think, yeah, the youngest participant ever The youngest participant ever, ever, ever Nicky, Nicky Ryan. Ryan you know, yeah.
1: Oliver and Ethan Cremlinson yeah. did fucking great. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I mean, those guys are only going to be better next time around because yeah. they're a little older, they're more mature. A little more, more experienced, a
1: little more sharper, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, things are looking bright. And hopefully, this coming ADCC, we'll have a few more participants mm-hmm. from the it's team. It's exciting. Yeah.
0: I'm, uh, I'm going to do the, the, the Australasian trials. I'm a bit terrified if uh, somehow I manage to fumble my way through to you guys. I think that's a bit scary, that prospect. Um you yeah, I mean people people are people in the Jiu Jitsu community I think are really interested in like what's happening down in that basement. And Yeah, absolutely. And it's not you know what, it's not even like it's it's not too top secret. Like I, I came to New York, I, I came along like oh, I you know, I was respectful like you should be at a new gym, but I just jumped in and it was like all, yeah. all of a sudden you're you're going along and but um Jesus, like I've never experienced anything like that type of of uh competition on the map like i've experienced i've been to a bunch of different good places and, and and trained with high level guys and um but like i was i've was seen some of my students before like you you average really good guy yeah maybe he passes your guard he pins you down and after a minute or two he, he gets the mount and and and, and he gets an armbar and you're like ah oh, geez I, I had trouble stopping that but with you guys it's like within three minutes i've been submitted Five times, and it was an arm lock, and it was a leg lock, and it was a back choke, and it—it's kind of it was just whatever yeah, I gave yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, took. Yeah, yeah. And there's a beauty to that system. It's not so much about just smashing down the middle. It's yeah, kind of—it's of, not uh, a like very, a one-way track. You know, very there's many avenues to yeah, you know, get to
1: get to your positions
0: and you know. Yeah, and I mean that's that's. I mean I, I and this is from my point of view I mean that has to be from from Danaher's very yeah. systematic approach yes, of, of yeah. just looking at jiu-jitsu much deeper than maybe your average person does and um, you know obviously people listening to this probably know who John Danaher is and have a bit of an idea on his background but he's a bit of an enigma he's just yeah, this absolutely. he's a he's a quirky guy he's yeah. um I mean most brilliant people are yeah are, uh I don't know if unusual is the right word but you know they're... no he's
1: definitely a little
0: strange Yeah, you know? he's definitely Jesus. a little different but you know, uh,
1: he, he certainly has uh, you know figured out something that nobody else has before yeah um, he
0: and, has this uh, ability to seem to sit there and and create something out of nothing yeah and there's all of us who have been training jiu-jitsu for a while when we're exposed to what he's doing I mean it happened last night a little with some of the um, we did a seminar last night Jason ran a seminar and I was training with a friend of mine Ben Power who's a you know, very good black belt Ben's been a black belt uh, most of the time since I started training I think Ben's a second or third degree black belt you know great guy really good thinker and we were both just mind blown like how is fuck how has no one thought of that like that makes sense See, they roll it here they do yeah. and they just these, these little steps that are, are being thought of outside yeah, the point and yeah, you think yeah. why isn't there's so many of us doing jujitsu now how are people not I don't know the, the rest of us don't seem to have this ability to unpack things like that What? Well, like you, you're closer to the guy what's going on I think, like uh,
1: I think there's definitely a uh, I mean, John talks about this a fair amount, like, uh, having a degree of, uh, skepticism when you're, when you're looking at something. Most people, um, you know, they do things a certain way, not because they think it's the best way to do it or because they figured it out, it's because of the way they were taught. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you may, uh, kind of like we were talking today in training, yep. like, you learn to escape side control via getting an underhook and coming sure. up your knees. Yep. And as a result, you teach all your students that, and all of them do it. And you kind of don't question things, especially in jiu-jitsu. There's kind of a – and to a certain degree, it, it, it's correct. Do wherever. you think
0: as a, as a newer jiu-jitsu player, you just kind of have to uh, attack that with that approach? Or you think you should have an open mind from the get-go?
1: I mean, I think – I don't think uh, you know a new white belt – I don't think they have the uh, understanding to you know question what their instructor is saying. And obviously, you don't want – beginner Mm -hmm. students questioning what their instructor is saying, you know, and questioning the technique. But Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to look at something as a more advanced practitioner and say, okay, this is how I do this, this is how I do that. Like, is this the best way to do something? Is there a better way I could be doing it? You know, I mean, we're very much in the mentality of, like, uh, in with the the, uh, new, out with the old. You know, Mm -hmm. like, so if something, like, if I find a better way to do something, like I'm gonna throw out the old way, you know. It's kind of like almost well, that's the
0: like, scientific approach. Yeah, you know, and to and presented with new, more correct information. Yeah,
1: so it, it, I mean, I think, uh, and I'm sure. I mean, John, I'm sure he has a um, some type of formula for whether it is discovering new techniques or, or uh, you know, or um, teaching jujitsu in general. But um, very much so, I, he he certainly applies the scientific method to to whether it's uh, discovering new stuff or to teaching jujitsu. And, you know, if I find a better variation of doing a heel hook or a guillotine or whatever, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to continue to do it the old way. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it the, the newer, better way. And I'm always looking to do that with, you know, every position. And this that's is, difficult for a lot of people, really difficult. Yeah, I think it's being, um, not so much that, like, any, like, you know, any of us are, like, super special minded or we have, like, such an ability to create new things. I think it's being uh, taught specifically from John to kind of approach jiu-jitsu this way to approach it from a problem-solving perspective mm-hmm. Like uh, you know from any position in jiu-jitsu you can you know you know, Pick whatever it is, um, you know There are certain problems associated with that position certain problems you may run into in training and kind of having like a, An approach of okay. This is the problem running into what is the solution? I can come up with it and when you have that kind of approach like your creativity is going to increase whether you're a creative person or not but when you have that mentality of of actively solving problems when you're presented with a problem okay i have to come up with a solution and Mm -hmm. and that's really what jujitsu is you know i think a lot of people tend to not really be able to identify why something is working or why something is not working you know what i mean so i think uh you know when performing something maybe you have a move that you do very well and uh you know being able to identify when it fails and i think if you can do that you can then um you know create a solution to the problem that is causing that move yeah. to fail yeah. you know kind of having again, and you
0: see that in the style of grappling you guys have any the teaching yes i see it in the teaching it's kind of like the teaching is here's step a now your, your opponent defeat can defeat step a by doing it if he doesn't beat, defeat step a we've been with that yeah he defeats it by giving up this position. Mm. We then move to yeah. this option, or we shut down that ability by doing yeah. this instead of how we were doing step eight previously. Yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> absolutely.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, I keep afraid of what okay. this thing off. Um, let me just uh, let me take my spats off. Yeah, my, sure. One second. Like, yeah, go for it. It's like fucking like just uh, riding up my book. Jace
0: is sponsored by Atlas as well. He um, he hasn't talked about him yet, so I'll talk about his sponsor for him. Um, shout out to the Atlas guys. Jace is um. Jason's been sponsored by them for a few months. They're actually an Australian brand. They make really nice clothing, really high quality stuff um, by, a, uh, uh, I, I mean, I only know Ganesh, um, who, who is a big part of the part of the um, Atlas crew. Uh, he's out of Canberra. He's a fantastic, uh, fantastic guy. He might even be to Melbourne now. Sorry, Ganesh, I'm getting this wrong. Um, but they came on board and sponsored Jason and also sponsored one of Jason's um, training partners. Um, Nick Ronan. So if you see both those guys in the Atlas gear and you like their gear, um, hit up those, hit up the Atlas guys and have a chat to them. Um, so a little plug there while he gets rid of his Atlas spats, spats and comes back in with his Atlas shorts. I've just talked about your sponsor, for you, mate. Thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> you. That that sort of approach is what I <laughs> notice the most, right? Like it's not just um, his his three moves, his three moves for you to learn. And, you know, for instance, like, like uh, I've been, I've been, so to give you guys also some understanding, when I went to New York, I, um, before I went to New York, I started working on reverse De La guard. I'd, uh, I'd not sort of accepted reverse De La as early as I should have. And I finally decided yeah, I'm got to get with it. It's, it's such a phenomenal guard for, for no-gear grappling and just in general. And I ended up finding Jason's, uh, Jason's got a Digi Jitsu uh
1: online did Jitsu
0: did, j, did you oh, I always say did, did Jitsu did Jitsu
1: ah right I say did yeah that's not right is did that? Jit like D I G I T did, jitsu. did yeah. jitsu there we go
0: uh yeah go find those guys Jason's got his Reverse De La series on there so something he's known for is his Reverse De La and getting under people and uh you know I thought oh this guy's cool this got guy, this guy's sort of switched on and when I went to New York, I uh, just hit up Jason on Instagram and, you know, super cool, he, he gets back to me and says, yeah, man, we're going to be down there training, you know, these days. We met up and just chatted and sort of got along and um, just, treat. you know, they you know, best grapplers in the world and they just, I'm just some random guy from Australia and they were awesome. They sort of just took me on board and we and got coffee and sort of hung out a little bit and um, while I was there, I talked to Jason about wanting to, you know, I just need this access to information. Once you experience that and then you go from two weeks of that to then back to being in isolation yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult because I want to give my students as good a quality stuff as I can and I don't want to just give them st- you know, basic stuff that we can plug along with And the way I see it if we just do the same as everyone else we're going to be the same as everyone else and um, so Jason and I actually do a private lesson probably once a week one, probably once a week really since October um, via uh, uh, FaceTime like we, we chat to each other and it's obviously a difficult more difficult way than if we're doing privates one on one but I mean, the the, uh, the way I can gather information from him is is unbelievable. And um, so it's helped me a lot. But then we managed to organise this trip and he's, and he's come back to Australia. So it's been, um, you know, it's been a, been a cool little progression there. And I mean, very, very lucky and we appreciate it. And, yes, and thanks for that. I, uh, I'm happy to be yeah, here. I'm, I try to make sure I, I thank you for that. And, um, you know, kind of changing definitely how we're grappling. And who knows, over time, you know, we might change the Australian scene as well, yeah, which should be sort of Absolutely, cool. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that brings you back to these, you know, the way you've been teaching these last these last few uh, few days while you've been here, and this um, this real way of just working through. They do this, you do this. They do this, you do this, and it just ends up getting to a point where they funnel down into a into a hole, you know. And, yes, yeah. And I feel that when I grapple with you, I feel like I'm always, and I think John uses the term dilemma. Dilemma meaning there yes. is no real good answer. I'm sort yeah. Of dilemma is just you know
1: uh, instead of like uh, you know dilemma is there's only two things you know you put your partner in a dilemma there's only you know two choices they can make and both of them are not good answers you know either you give up your back you get heel hooked or you give up the camora you give up an arm or whatever whatever the case is you know and uh, that's definitely a big part of uh, the way John teaches he teaches in, in putting your partner in a dilemma you know not giving them a problem to solve where they have to solve the problems is presenting them with a dilemma where they have to make two choices and neither one is good and you're, you're well, ready that's to good for you not so yeah, good, good for me. you exactly yeah,
0: yeah and I feel that in. And- <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting. It's especially from my point of view. You know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm a black belt competitor. I do, I do reasonably well on the competition scene, and um, you know, I don't really go anywhere around uh, locally where I'm going to go and get, you know, completely like completely hammered in a round, and then I do around with you, and I'm, I'm right back to you know white belt level. So, it's uh, it's very, it's very nice. Uh, I feel like my ego doesn't get out of control. It's nice to always have that ego checked and just yeah, yeah of back course. in your spot and remember there's there's levels of this, and then use that to kind of motivate to want to just understand it more and of course, of course. Um, do you experience that most places you go? So even like not just Australia, but let's say you you travel around and doing seminars. Like Australia's got a good jujitsu scene, so you know, it's not like we we don't know what we're up to. Yeah. So like if you go to a, a seminar somewhere, you know I think you were saying you know Colorado or whatever. Yeah, like, do you experience? It's just, it's so different what you guys are doing. Yeah. It's so hard for people to just... Yeah, it's to almost like spot.
1: the, yeah, it's almost like the, some people experience like the mind blowing. I'm not of, asking uh, you to shit talk other guys. No, know. no, of yeah. course. But, you know, uh, I mean, I, I felt the same way, you know, uh, when I first started learning under John, it was like, it's almost mind blowing, you know. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy shit, there's all this stuff out there that I've, you know, my black brother been training jiu-jitsu a while and I, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely uh, see people experiencing that, you know, and like the same way I did, you know, the same way you have. You know, it's... um. It's kind of you're exposed to a, a new uh, new approach to, mm. to training, you know, and, and you know, a new approach to grappling that, that you're not used to, you know, and it definitely, it definitely, uh, you know, it can be certainly like upsetting it sometimes like, fuck, I've been doing this yeah. for so long and fuck, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, it's, uh, you know, ultimately, I think it. it furthers the the level of grappling overall and you know mm-hmm. it, it kind of creates a, a different mentality among people of the way they're looking at things you know which i think ultimately yeah. is good
0: oh yeah yeah i mean uh, all my color belts have now had a chance uh, we're still a you know we're a four-year-old school where <coughs> you know so we've got sort of belts are our highest rank at the moment yeah yeah other than me and all those guys have got to experience what your level of grappling is like and a few of them have texted me like just thinking Am I completely hopeless? So I'm like, am do I, I suck? So like, yeah, and I'm like, just relax, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've experienced this. You don't suck. He's just phenomenal, and what they're yeah. doing is so far out of the box that you're not. You just you, you can't problem solve it on the spot. Yeah, you have, yeah. The only way you're going to beat is you have to understand it. You have to be with oh, yeah, them every yeah. day, and then, then it's you know, yeah, then yeah. it's a matter of like, yeah, we're both dealing with the same tools, but at the moment it's kind of like you've got a machine gun and I've got like a butter knife, and I'm wondering why I'm losing this. You know, I'm <laughs> why am I getting shot in the head a thousand times? That's what it feels like, anyway. Um, yeah so I mean it's a pretty dynamic crew you've got down there but you also you also train with uh with Eddie Cummings yeah I've been training uh, with Eddie a lot
1: yeah. in the past few months and uh, John Callistine yep
0: Um, it's that's directional I
1: think it comes yeah. at the end yeah Young, sorry like yeah, yeah, I yeah, think it yeah, comes so, at the end yeah, yeah, yeah cool um, yeah I've been training with Eddie Cummings a lot and John Callistine the past few months yep. and you know again they have the very very similar approach to you know, obviously Eddie and John originally trained uh, John Callistine originally trained under John Danner and uh, so they have a very similar approach and uh you know, uh, you know, and training with them has been great. You know, they have excellent understanding of the game, and I feel like uh, I've definitely improved as a result. Um, I would say slightly, uh, maybe slightly different styles, but the approach overall is, is the same. It's a it's a problem solving approach. You know, you have a you have an issue. I'm running into this problem. Like, what can we do to solve it? You know,
0: is it fair to say that Eddie and and John are probably fairly similar guys as far as their mindset of yes, how they approach. definitely i mean yeah. they're both what i'd call like mad scientists yes they're, absolutely they're not like the rest of us that are kind of like these guys are operating on maybe a yeah, slightly different level yeah i life.
1: think so yeah absolutely eddie and and, and john danaher yeah. are, are definitely like that um you know they're you know is
0: it do you have to be do you have to be like half an autistic savant to be able to do this like can your average joe think along these lines like the way i kind of look at these guys that are doing that is they are like uh, I don't know a lot about art, but it's like you know famous artists over the years, uh, you know through the Renaissance or whatever. Yeah, like famous yeah. artists and, and not everyone. I imagine everyone thought oh, I could paint some something on a bit of canvas. Yeah, yeah. But there was only a few guys that are now like famous, the Picasso's or whatever. There's only a few people that are actually famous for being brilliant, or or do or, or you put it in science terms like Tesla or Einstein? There was yeah, a, I, Everyone I, probably was like, oh, I'd like to work out how to use this electricity, but these guys actually did it. I think
1: I think it's what uh, is it? I think yeah. it's very similar to that. I think also they um i think something they draw inspiration from is jiu-jitsu is a very young art yeah you know um you know it's only you know realistically it's only 20 years old you know a little 25 years old you know so it it has not been being done at a professional level very mm. long so like when i say that um you know for example like uh, tennis or, or many other sports have been d- being done at a very high level internationally for a long time so there's very specific systems in place and there's a very clear way of how to do things and how to get better at it and how to improve. And jujitsu doesn't really have that. You know, kinda of, again, like we went back to like people kinda of do things the way they were taught to and they teach people to do the way things the way they were taught and so on. So there there isn't always like a you know, a direct um
0: sorry to cutting on you there, but like that's kinda of like an old school mentality, is it? It's like uh before Einstein or, or before Tesla, you know, Mike electricity, it's kinda like we light candles. My yeah. my grandfather lit candles. His grandfather lit I, exactly, candles. yeah. yeah. What's, what's, this, what's this light bulb business? Yeah. It doesn't exactly. Just think, sort of. Yeah. It's like human nature, isn't yeah. it? You just yeah. Gotta yeah. Do I, I think
1: uh, you know yeah, exactly. You know, um, I think Eddie and John, you know, are, are the types of guys who are pushing the limits of what's being done in grappling yeah. right now. You know, the, the same way when you know the light bulb was invented, or any invention happened to in history. You know, initially there may be some resistance and people mm-hmm. don't want to do it, but ultimately, like, it ends up being for the betterment. Of the sport, but going back to other sports, uh, I think they kind of draw inspiration from other sports that have a much more like established okay. systematic approach to to do things. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, there's a very clear even wrestling. There's a very clear methodology to being good at dress, uh, being good at wrestling, to you know, to training uh, championship level wrestlers. Like it's very clear of what you're supposed to do because it's been done for so long. In jujitsu, you know, it's starting to be developed, but it's not quite as clear. So I think, you know, I think that's something they do they really think outside the box in terms of like okay how can we apply some of the concepts that maybe these elite level wrestlers or elite mm. level cyclists or something like that are using to their training mm-hmm. how can we apply that to jiu-jitsu you know even though the sport is uh, very different but you know the the idea of uh getting better at a skill which jujitsu is like how can we improve ourselves in this skill as quickly as possible i think that's something they really uh look into a lot whereas maybe other people don't do the same thing
0: yeah do you, do you um, see that the style of grappling that um, the, the sort of hands-on crew do does that lend mainly to submission grappling, or could, can you see it, it's just that the focus for John has been that currently, and that if it, with a few tweaks he could be adopted for Federation style jiu-jitsu, or, or you know, um, I mean, we've seen it at ADCC, which is a different type, type of grappling again, like. Do you see that it's sort of styled more towards submission grappling? Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: I think I think the way Danaher John Danaher teaches grappling is—is
0: uh, is that disrespectful? Just to say Danaher? Do
1: you uh, think? Do you think we should like? No, nah, Danaher. Okay. Yeah, whatever. No, nah, I don't think it's disrespectful. I just find
0: yourself catching yourself. i like, yeah. Is that... Well, I
1: was, we were talking about John Calisline and, uh, and John Danaher. So I just wanted to clarify what yeah, you, you, you. are talking about. Uh, um, but no, I don't think that's yeah, okay. disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, I think um, he teaches it to what he believes is the essence of the sport, which is the submission. So mm-hmm. if he felt that, you know, um, passing the card and winning on points was the essence of jujitsu, like That's I think you, you know. would see, you know, you know, innovative, um, you know, maybe approaches to that type of style. But yep. I think he believes the the essence of jitsu is the submission and yep. ultimately, um, you know, I feel the same way. Like you know, this is a martial art. Your job is to inflict the damage on the person. You know, as you know, morbid as that may sound, but you know, your job is to you it's know as pure as it gets, yeah. is to maim them. You know, to strangle them unconscious, break a limb, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately that's what he focuses on. And I think that's why these developments have happened because traditionally, uh, sport jiu you know, is is a point style event where you can win the world championships without applying a single submission or defending a single yes. submission you know mm-hmm. so um, I think he's targeting an area of grappling that really hasn't been targeted so much before in the past and uh, you know generally uh, you know I, even myself I would see guys who are, you know who would you know in maybe in training who maybe had very good submissions or very good submission defense but they had no guard or no passing ability and I would kind of discount them as not being good grapplers because they're Style of grappling was not applicable in a traditional sport jujitsu sense, but I, I've kind of like greatly expanded my viewpoint on that, and I feel like there's a lot of skills in grappling that um, you know take a lot of time to develop and are, are very valuable that may not translate directly to a sports setting. In, for example, an IBJJF tournament, but well, it just
0: happens to be that that's our biggest yeah way people can compete right now. Yeah, if if, uh, if we clicked our fingers now, the federation didn't exist. And it was just submission style grappling, that's all we know. Probably the style of jiu-jitsu would be
1: of course, absolutely. You know, you know so, so I yeah. mean it's not it's not a knock to anybody who mm. competes in the Federation, mm-hmm. but you know, if uh you know, I mean athletes will do what it takes to win. So sure, you know, yeah. if you know, um you know scoring points is going to win you the world championships, you know, expect people to do whatever it takes to do that and train in order to achieve that. You yeah. know, and the submission is secondary, you know. I mean, when a lot's on the line, uh, you gonna go for the submission, or are you gonna score and, and win the world championships, and yeah. you know, fully expect people to, you know, do well, what it takes even, to win. Even
0: uh, let's look at Kasai, right? I mean, the final match, nobody really did anything, but yeah, still, means... you just remember one guy's got that uh, Canudo's got, yeah, you know, got the winner. Yeah, Canudo's the winner. Like the in
1: a year from now, or you know, three months from now, they're like, they're not gonna remember. Oh, that was uh, kind was of a boring match. Yeah. said Canuto won the you yeah. know the welterweight championship yeah. at Kasai.
0: Which. Yeah. that is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you Do you find... So ADCC is a very desirable tournament. Probably every grappler wants... Yeah, that's it's the one The Olympics, wants, you know, right. it's the best. Yeah, that's step. the one everyone wants. Uh, if you're a gi player, obviously, the, the World... World um, championship Federation Worlds is, is the one you want. Um, but as far as even the guys that win the Worlds, there's a lot of those guys that are like an ADCC gold medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a mixture between submission grappling and, uh, and points. Yes, right? yeah. Like, it
1: seems like, especially the past, maybe two events um, like 2015 2017 has kind of been more of a mixture like that and there's mm-hmm. these kind of guys who you know like Craig Jones from, from here in Australia yeah. that just submission you know, machines yeah that are submission machines and are, are seeing a lot of success you know Craig Jones beat you know Leandro Lowe you know, earlier that year last year Leandro Lowe had beat Gordon in an ADCC style match like it looked like Leandro was you know maybe even the favorite in that division and Craig took him out first round and uh, um, I think that goes to show a uh, few things. I think one it shows obviously even though Leandro had beat Gordon and ADCC rules no Gi, I think mm-hmm. it shows you know, Leandro most of his success is in the Gi. I think it shows the difference between Gi and no Gi that sure. uh, is something that happen. And two I think it shows that a lot of these Federation guys maybe like when things are going their way they can avoid submissions you know they can you know, score their points and win you know they're very successful but you know Craig kind of put him in a bad spot right away, Horrendous. Pr- yeah. probably hurt his leg with that inside heel okay. Leandro was not sure what was going on. Mm. You know, even when he took his back, like you know, yeah. Leandro. I mean, if, if his, for he, anyone that's
0: listening that hasn't seen that match, you need to go yeah, pause yeah. these right now and go watch it's, that match. Yeah, you know,
1: and that's the thing of beauty. It's beautiful, and uh, you know, you can see Leandro is in these positions, and he's really rather yes. And again, no, no dis- disrespect to yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the yeah. best uh, jujitsu guys in the world. You know, yeah. he's won multiple world titles, <laughs> like above his weight class. You know, he he won. Mm-hmm. You know. He went from like, I think he won the worlds at lightweight, middleweight, middle heavy, and then heavyweight four consecutive years in a row, which wow. is fucking incredible. How but do you um, go
0: from being so light to so muscular, uh, yeah, Jason? You
1: know? I don't know. <laughs> Lots of uh, Brazilian supplements. Oh right, maybe. Yeah, we don't know
0: about that here in Australia. We yeah. just eat kangaroo meat.
1: Yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, which we get to uh, feed you up on. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I think you could see that he was a little lost in certain positions, mm-hmm. which probably he hasn't trained them, which is understandable because. Yeah. Well, know, Craig's,
0: Craig's awkward. That those in- maybe now people. So now people go against Craig Jones, they go, okay, I'm not gonna underestimate him. And I'm gonna have yeah. a walk, And he does these funny little backstep entries where he drags a leg, he's got long legs, he drags you he drags your knee line in before you realize and before you've had a sort of chance to consider what happened, he's broken you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I think uh yeah, I think definitely there was an element of surprise in that match. Yeah. You know, he uh, I think
0: Leandro gave him no respect. Yeah, I think so too. I mean like, I can't, I'm not in Leandro's head, but it did appear to me that
1: yeah. Yeah, and uh I mean not to take anything away from Craig, like you know, No, like no, no, not, no, not at all. Not at all, but not at all. You know, I think guys are a little bit more aware that he is dangerous and he's gonna fuck you yeah. up. If, you're not ready. if you
0: give Craig a finishing position and he has your see the way I see Craig like he makes these, these awkward entries but he also picks up the heel as he makes those entries. So a lot of guys uh-huh. are kinda used to, okay, he's pummeling to a you know, whatever it is, proximity yeah, or loving. they call it saddle, you know, oh he's in saddle and then I'll defend my heel. But it's like, Oh no, what a sec, he's got my heel. Oh what a sec he's before. putting pressure yeah. on my knee. That's where he gets these quick taps from people, and I mean that EBI that he ran yeah, through until yeah. he came to Gordon yeah. was
1: just it was impressive. I don't you think know, anyone's done that. Like, it's yeah, he, uh, you know, he has uh, an approach that people you know may not have really seen before. Yeah. And it can be difficult to deal with.
0: And I mean, credit to him because he's kind of like me. We're out here. He's from a fantastic gym, and and I, uh, you know, I'm a gym owner, and I want to. Uh, my goal is to have the best gym in Australia. Yeah. But uh, I have, I'm a realist too, and I have to say, like, absolute. Absolute uh martial arts is the absolute MMA. Absolute absolute MMA. Absolute. St Kilda specifically yeah. where they are. Yes. Right? Uh that's where Lachlan Giles is the is the head instructor there. Um you've got Lachlan, you've got Kit Dale, and you've got Craig Jones and then you've also got like Ben Hodgkins Yeah, yeah, and, yeah they're, they're Um Mi- 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 Mik Michaela who's been on uh Michaela I think you
1: said. Mikael,
0: yeah, he's Mikael, been on yeah. like they've got this they're sort of building a crew of high level yeah, guys yeah, so yeah. they can make those jumps a little quicker. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, they're still just out here in Australia working it out, and yeah. I've got to give him credit because Absolutely, when yeah. he first came on the scene, I was like, Oh, who's this guy?" Like, yeah, you know, I didn't really know. Craig had done some local stuff, but you know, he's just another young dude. Yeah, I mean, now he's he's he's. If you look at his resume, it's disgusting who he's yeah, been. Yeah, he some. it's some unbelievable. Stuff. Even the guys he just had great matches. Yeah, and yeah. Break.
1: He's had some very good wins, you know. Oh. He's uh, definitely at the top of the game yeah. right now, you know, and it's it's so impressive being, you know, I guess from you know a place like this that. Obviously, he's on the up and up in grappling, but not known for producing world championship level yep. grapplers. Yeah. And you know, I think that's going to change here. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's definitely. Positive. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, I I, obviously Lachlan has had good success. He's ADCC mm-hmm. vet, and I think, you know, having him as a coach certainly, yeah. you know. I helped. think
0: Kit. Kit, Kit's. Uh, I was, I was, I was against the Kit Dale hype train for a while. I've competed against Kit a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Kit's a polarizing guy. He's got these big following on the internet, and he's a brash guy. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's a phenomenal grappler. A grappler he's yeah. a good grappler. He's good at what he does. He's, um, I think the Australian Jiu-Jitsu scene, you could, you could go either way. You could sort of be like, ah, oh, who the fuck's this guy? Or you can just be like, oh, you know what? He's great he's for a Australian hair, grappling. You know? let's, let's give this guy props. Yeah, like. absolutely. I mean, he, I was, he was the first big be.
1: guy out of Australia, you know, yeah. even before, uh, yeah. even before, anyone who Lachlan or Craig were. Well, like, he ran into Gary. Was, uh, remember the, the
0: match he had with Gary? Yes, yeah, I he yeah, yeah. didn't go to plan. He didn't go his way, Gary Taylor is the best in the world, you know. Gary is so, Gary Tynan.
1: There's no shame in, in losing to him. Tell you know.
0: us about Gary Taylor. I mean, he's a he's a unusual character. I, I met uh, Gary over there. He's fantastic. Gary is
1: one of the, you know, he's one of the I mean, he's one of the best guys in the world, um, if not the best at his weight class. Um, you know, he has a very uh interesting approach to training, you know. I don't want to say interesting, um but a, a approach different for many people. Like, you know, people always talk about checking your ego at the door and not having an ego, but he truly has no ego in training. Um, Gary is, you know, I've seen him intentionally put himself in the worst of positions multiple times in a row against people who, you know, would have zero business ever putting him yeah. in that submission. And he has no issue, you know, tapping to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is, you know, because he truly is, is training to improve himself. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's not, that's huge. he's not, he's not training to win. He's not training to, you know, boost his ego. He is training for skill development solely and I think that's um
0: that's what? a lot to eat like why he's who he's who that's he is. one of the
1: reasons he as good as he is because
0: um, he's uh, the king of crap awkward scrambly positions yes, I mean maybe I, nobody does it
1: better than him and yeah I, I would have to agree and he is yeah. so good in those uh he's so comfortable in those bad positions there's he's creating the, uh, chaos right yeah there's no I think there's no uh you know second thought in his mind about you know going for any type of movement whatever it is because no matter where he ends up ends up, I think he's going to be extremely comfortable in defending whatever he may end up in if he does, you know, as a result. And I think uh, one that makes for extremely exciting oh, style yeah. of grappling, yeah. and from a fan perspective, people love it, because he's fearless, he he goes for the kill at all times, you know, his you know his style is, from wherever I am right now, what's the fastest way I can submit my opponent, what's the mm-hmm. most direct path to a submission, and, and he's trying regardless
0: to... Take, of, uh, you know, danger regardless of danger to myself, of danger to myself <clears throat> regardless
1: of size of my opponent, <throat> mm-hmm. regardless of what position I'm in, he's... You know, looking to do whatever he can to find the most direct path to find a submission on your on his partner or his opponent, and I think fans love that. I think it's it's uh, inspiring thing to watch as a competitor. You know, that lack of uh, fear he has, uh, like you know, ca- throwing caution to the wind and just going for it, which I mean, nobody else I have ever seen do. And he's now that. crossed over into MMA, mixed yeah. martial arts. How's yeah. that?
0: Um, how's that going to
1: go for you? Um, I mean, he's two and zero oh right now. I saw his uh, you know, his first two fights. I think. Even kind of kinda of talking about what we just did, like mm-hmm. I think, you know, especially with the first guy, I think he could have easily taken the guy down yeah, or, I agree. and you know, just mm-hmm. worked him and submitted mm-hmm. him. But uh, I think he made it a goal to himself to, you know, um be able to finish him with his hands, you know. And from the perspective of skill development, you know, he you know, that was his first fight. He's fighting in one F C which is a big promotion, but mm-hmm. you know, this is cl- clearly a guy that he he was far better than, you know. It'd be very easy to just go in and, you know,
0: well, actually, the panicky the panicky way that I would deal with it is be so tight that I'm like, I can't give this guy a chance to beat me. So I'm just going to put him on his back. I'm going to do what I do Yeah, best. which
1: you would think most people would do, but he... Well, that,
0: that's actually like a... That's not just being like brave doing your own... That's actually like a panicky thing. But yeah. What he did is unbelievably brave. Yeah, doing yeah. what you're less... Skilled sort of at. Yeah. yeah, and
1: I think that's an investment in his skills. Yeah. Like saying, okay, I want to use these skills. I've been working on these striking skills, and I want to... Be able to use them on at, at a big stage and against yeah. a talented opponent, you know, and and you know execute them. And I think, you know, many people, you know, many jiu jitsu guys who trans- transition to MNM, mma They obviously work on their striking, but, you know, their goal is to get in there and, and do jiu jitsu. And I think he, you know, maybe took a much greater risk. And I mean, he completely dominated the guy. Yep. At No point was he in any yep. danger. But you know, he took a much greater risk by standing with this person. Um, in their in the zone they were most skilled in where they could most hurt him because he wanted to take a step forward in his development. You yeah, know? and I think that's. So do
0: you see Gary? I mean, this is tricky. You're a friend friend of Gary's, and but you're also probably going to be honest. Like, um, does he become a world champion? Does he does he end up going to the UFC? Does he does he just make fun fights that are like exciting and like? Well, I kind of think to myself, wonder where Gary goes with his career. You know, like, I mean,
1: I um, I mean. Again, I'm no. I mean, I definitely have a better judgment of grappling than MMA. I mean, I certainly um, believe he has the work ethic and the you know, I mean, he, he would have the best level of submission grappling in, in MMA by far. Yeah. You know, in the UFC, but I think uh, you know he's in all, in the right place to do it. You know, he's mm-hmm. with the best you know coach in the world. Uh, I think he has the right mentality, like kind of what we just talked about. Uh, so I think he has all the tools and is in the position to, yeah, to make a uh, make a. I mean, obviously, he's only got two fights, but make a serious run in MMA mm-hmm. for like world championship contention. You know? Yeah, I don't see why he couldn't. He's still relatively young, he's only maybe 25 years old. You, yeah. know? He, uh, you know, he has really awesome wrestling skills, you know. Yeah,
0: he does. And yeah, uh, I think he might have some of the best wrestling yeah, in jiu uh, jitsu. And, uh, in
1: jiu-jitsu. and um, yeah, I think he's gonna be fun to watch, you know, yeah. and when he starts going with people, especially that are that sort of pushing him and it's gets yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see like mm. yeah, how that goes. You know, I think it's gonna be fun. I think he's yeah. a good signing for
0: one. One FC. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you doing okay? You, you started to burn up in here? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty hot. Okay. Um, we'll finish up soon. Yeah, Can yeah. Can you survive or not? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Jase is still new to the sauna. He, yeah. he does the sauna a lot. He's come to Australia. We've We him in, in. here, just cooking him. We had it at 110 degrees Celsius last night, uh, the night before, which yeah. is... Uh, what's
1: 230 Fahrenheit. 230 Fahrenheit for the hot.
0: Americans, which is yeah, pretty hot. It's hot. Bit like you're in an oven getting cooked uh so Jason's still going there we haven't got it that hot when we're in here talking now it's about yeah, 60 yeah. 70 degrees but um it still starts to, yeah, starts still to you down. Idea, yeah and we've just trained as well we just yeah. did uh seven eight rounds of yeah, yeah. Them, so um well I, I suppose the the guy a lot of guys like to hear about now i'm just trying to sort of talk about topics oh, that of, course, are, of course that are, that right are interesting then, yeah uh yeah, gordon ryan's probably the most polarizing guy in the sport you train you might be gordon's main training partner other than you know the likes of gary or his brother um what do we see for the future. I mean he talks he talks big things. He's currently moving into geek grappling and federation style. This weekend he's got the pins. No uh is it this weekend is it it's, it's next maybe? weekend, next weekend. Yeah. Uh,
1: so a week from uh that's soon, a week from this Saturday. Yeah. You know, right. Well your guy's Sunday our set yes. Saturday. What's uh
0: you know what's what? tell us about Gordon
1: Ryan. Uh you know Gordon is you know when you're talking about best guys if you've ever trained with, like Gordon is absolutely in the in the mix right there, maybe the best. Um you know, Gordon is uh, you know, despite what he may sound like or appear to be on social media, I mean, I think, you know, he's 21 years old, yeah. like he's, you know, he he's still relatively young, but you know, he is he's certainly playing the the game in terms of promoting himself, you know. Is the reason uh, he's got
0: 100,000 followers. Yeah, absolutely. As, uh, if he was just your average Jiu-Jitsu guy. Yeah.
1: I know, but in <clears> terms of a grappler, I mean, Gordon is is excellent. Like I can't say enough good things about him. You know, he has, you know, um, you know, a similar mentality to Gary, like you know, he is constantly putting himself in bad positions and he has spent you know a number of years doing that to the point where he is you know almost nearly unsubmittable like no matter how deep you get him in anything um, or how deep he may let you get um you know he has certainly like we've talked about he is a very much a problem-solving uh mentality you know he um you know and not to say Eddie and John come across as very in not that Gordon doesn't cross intelligent, but Eddie and John yeah. come across as academics. You know, yeah, that could
0: be in front of a lecture hall teaching. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like yeah. Um, uh, and Gordon may not have that; doesn't come across with that same personality. But he is, I think, nearly every, got that ability. every bit as yeah. as much of a problem solver as those guys. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the things he shows me, like you know, even now, can sometimes blow my mind. The things he can come up with, and you know, the the way he uh, you know he's able to uh, systemize certain positions. You know. Um, and the depth of knowledge he has in certain things so know. even
0: even Gordon it's not just him learning um, John Donohue's techniques and then executing them he's he's still looking at things going oh, I do this slightly differently I put my head yes. here so, I...
1: and so John has said this uh, a few interviews before but I think uh, specifically Gordon, Gary and Eddie yep. um, You know, John has kind of introduced these systems and like kind of taught them and implemented them and I think all three of those guys have different takes on those positions you know and they have different things they like to do that very well fit this original system, but, like, their depth of knowledge there... Not that it's deeper than John's, but it's deeper than what, you know, John will show in the DVD, you know? And they have, like, little variations that they may enjoy, that they like to do, and...
0: And they're live every day. they go live every day. They're kind of feeling it. They're going, oh, I feel when the guy, like, pulls his knees. Yeah, yeah, so,
1: you know, Gordon is definitely, you know... I mean, he's phenomenal. You know, he's, uh, I mean just alone like his run at adcc you know i mean like complete yeah. domination of, of world-class grapplers making them look like fools you know yeah. um and you
0: so I, I think competition in general pushes you to become better yeah. you, you kind of like i find anything i've been beaten by in competition or maybe things i did well i could teach them better than maybe anything else because they're things that i re- have really cemented there's something that happens in that moment really
1: focused on and yeah yeah, yeah.
0: It, i mean competing at the level you guys competing at is that even more magnified like um, with competition you yeah mean? yeah like being at the highest level of competition you guys if you guys can implement things at the highest level of competition your understanding and ability to sort of pass yes, that on yes yeah is absolutely another. yeah
1: definitely um you know things that either I have again beat me in competition or run into in competition mm-hmm. are things that I really develop a strong understanding of or things yeah. that I've been super successful with you know what it, what it takes to hit something against like a fully resisting you know world-class level opponent or, or you know high level opponent um, yeah and be able to, you know, despite all their best efforts, you know, lead them down a path where you're going to submit them, you know, definitely requires a strong understanding of, you know, what problems are going to be occurring and what problems are occurring and how to how to deal with all those issues.
0: Is that how you're grappling? Or is it like, you know, the rest of us, and I think everyone grapples like this, and in the beginning you might be thinking, but if you're thinking, you're kind of behind the game, right? Like, you're nearly reacting, but you've done it so much and you've learned this system where he just, he pulls his elbow back, you just go straight in front of the neck of you. You're not actually thinking ice portals. It just sort of happens, right? Yeah, I like, think
1: I think there's... I, I'll say this. I think there's a certain degree of both. Like, I think certain things are reaction. And I, I actually do find in competition, um, it is more reaction than thinking. More reactive than cognitive. Than thinking. Like, yeah. But in training, and I think if I get my uh, competition to the level I'm training at, I still don't think I compete... Uh, I don't want to say close to the level I'm training at, but I, I don't compete as good as I train. Yep. I, a lot of people will say that. No, but... a lot of people don't.
0: How do you unlock that? How do you... Well, How I think do you do like what Gary does? How do you go out there and compete? As I think,
1: uh, I think part of it is uh, you know just uh, kind of that fearlessness and not being yep. afraid to lose and the ability <laughs> to um, you know the willingness to see a technique and see an opportunity and, and seize that opportunity in the moment, you know, and not being you know in training you see opportunity for a specific move um, and you take it, you know, there's no risk, there's nothing on the line, no one's watching, and mm. whatever yeah. you hit it, and you wrestle great, yeah. Uh, and then in competition, maybe you see the same opportunity. And because of Mm -hmm. the, whatever it is, the lights, the people, the, 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 um, the, 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 um, the largest of the moment, I guess. What's at stake? You may hesitate, and when you hesitate, that moment is. Hard. I, mean, I know that feeling. Yeah, for I know sure. that feeling.
0: Especially as a coach, I know that feeling because as a coach competitor, I mean, you're a coach as well. Yeah. I don't know whether you have these mindsets, but you're like, I'm not just going in there as me. I'm going in there as someone that people look to as. Yes. As their, their well, coach. I think Sorry.
1: I think uh, I think I used to think that too much, and I think that is. Think it's a bad mindset. Detracts it detracts from your performance. Yes. You know, I mean, you're not competing. I mean, while it is an added benefit of competing to show your students like how you you know, how a competitor is supposed to act, mm-hmm. whatever, in winning and losing, or ha- how you should go out there and perform, but, you know, really the reason you're competing is for yourself, you know, yeah. I think ultimately, and yeah. if it's anything but that, like, I think you're going to experience sure. suboptimal results, you know, mm-hmm. compared to what you could have, but uh, kind of going back to what you said about thinking and training, I mean, I think in an optimal scenario, there's certain things that are, I guess, just reactions, you know, that should be reactions, and there's certain things that you have to cognitively think about and, and look at and I think uh, having a combination of both is good I don't think every, everything should be just reactions you know a lot of guys will drill in a in the sense of just like forming reactions like okay I do this the person does this I do that like you don't want to necessarily form reactions for competitions I mean certain things will be a reaction like for example you're on his the neck back comes up I yeah I mean that's a reaction yep. you know you're attacking you know you're going to a front headlock and that comes up you guillotine stuff yeah. like that but like you know you don't want to you know Form reactions in places where maybe that's not the best thing to do. Because, one, you know, like sometimes I think positions are far more complicated than just forming a reaction and hitting that reaction. And two, if you figure out a better avenue or a better route in that position, you have to unlearn a reaction, which is much more difficult than being able to sit at something and look at it and think, you know, this is what I should do, this is what I should not do.
0: Well, I'd like to keep you in for a couple of hours and talk to you, but (laughs) you're going to die on me. Can we, um, can we talk about uh, your upcoming match or is that yeah nice? for sure yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so Jason's uh, got yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we can talk about it okay. yeah. so Jason's got a, um, a match signed which is I think fairly exciting he's um, it's another big test sort of like what what yeah. I side was it's on um, Rise Submission Grant, Invitational really? yeah. Invitational they're an American tournament it's September 28th to and and
1: it's on, on Long Island yep um, and uh, tell us who is it I'm facing uh, Mantra Terra he's uh, he's a um, black Marcelo Garcia mm-hmm. he's a people call him Munchy or Munch uh, you know he's kind of known as being like Dylan Dennis's buddy yep. obviously Dylan Dennis is a you know um, yeah, obviously a very Larkin good grappler yeah. but like somewhat controversial uh, mm-hmm. you know known as like Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach sure. but uh Munchy if I competed against him before actually at brown belt I lost to him in the finals of the Nogi Pans in 2014 um, I lost by maybe an advantage in the past you know in the yep. last like you know, 30 seconds of the match it was a, it was a relatively close match mm-hmm. I mean he's competed against Eddie and Gary before. Uh, he's competed against my teammate Oliver Taza. Eddie right. and Gary beat him in tight matches and Taza lost to him in a tight match. So yep. he's a, definitely known as one of the you know high level competitors uh, of today, yeah. especially in Nogi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so I think it's going to be a great test for me. Uh, yeah. He's somebody that I've wanted to face and I probably didn't have the notoriety to be, be able to but you yeah. know after Kasai i mean he's he's definitely still more well known than i am but i think pop your name up yeah it's definitely popped yep. my name up and made mm-hmm. this match possible so i'm excited yeah. uh it's a 10 minute submission only match with one round of ebi overtime
0: yeah
1: um so it's fantastic yeah i would say uh i don't want to say it's my favorite rule set but definitely a rule set i'm strong you,
0: yeah yeah I've, I've done a lot of uh 10 minutes is enough time to if you're working hard to get some entries and make. yeah exactly happen. you know
1: yeah. uh i mean i've i've spent a lot of time doing overtime rounds so yep. i feel confident there mm-hmm. um and it's mission only, you know. I mean, Munchie is no more of a points player, so I think, you know, he's, he's some good guard passing, some good knee cut passes. It'll be interesting to see his approach. Yeah, uh, some good leg weave passing. So yeah. I think, not that that would be nullified, but you know, the value of that is taken away for mm-hmm. the most part. You know, um, so so
0: so to so he was, from my understanding, he was part of um, him and Dall- him and Dylan were actually the the guys that Marcelo asked to leave. The, yes,
1: as far as I, I don't know, I don't know why, but they were they were originally with Marcelo. They received yeah. black belts from Marcelo. Yeah. They were kind of known as the, like, MG, Marcelo Garcia dream team, like him, them uh-huh. two, Gianni Grippo, you know, Mateus, Denise, a few other guys, John Sativa. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, they were asked to leave for whatever reason. I, yep. again, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah really We know him personally, politics, but, but, um, you know, he was with Zenith. I know he was with Unity for a while. Yeah, so is he still with Unity, or is he He's on? not. He was with Zenith, uh, which is Robert Drysdale. I don't so really he know. was in Vegas? Uh, I think so. I think yeah. he did, like, his Worlds camp there one year. Uh-huh. And then he was with, um, who was it, um... He, he, I know he's trying to fight MMA now so he mm. might yeah, I actually heard he's training with Tiger Shulman's guys who oh, are yeah. rather good MMA fighters okay. but so yep. but uh, you know I mean, Jimmy uh, Rivera's uh, out of there I think yeah, yeah yeah I mean he's a high level grappler so mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously uh, you know I have to be ready and yeah. I'm going to be prepared yeah. and, and I'm excited Yeah, yeah. Be good we'll, we'll make
0: sure we watch that um, I think they put a stream on their Facebook page yeah. for memory is that right?
1: Uh, no it's actually uh, on Flow Grappling oh, so, oh it's flow. on Flow Grappling oh, yeah, this last event and then this one. oh coming good up. On flow, so you can okay. check in the well.
0: I shouldn't say good because a lot of people don't have, flow, and <laughs> yeah. A lot of people correct. don't want to pay for fun, from the perspective hey, of getting coverage, if you're to... I'm, I'm happy. Oh, with I that... think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's great, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, thanks so much for talking thanks to for us. Thanks me. for coming out. Um, do you want to shout out your sponsor? Any, anyone, uh, yeah, I mean? I, like, uh, I
1: just want to shout out, uh, you know, my team, Sarah BJJ, Hansel Gracie Academy, yep. you know, all the guys I train with. Uh, I wouldn't be here without them, and uh, you know, of course, John Danner. Um, you know, my 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 Primary instructor Matt Sarah, you know, for giving me the opportunity to you know, work for him and you know be able to pursue my passion, and uh, you know uh, Atlas, the Atlas brand uh, based here in Australia out of Melbourne, uh, they have some awesome looking gear. You know, definitely check them out. Very and uh, Jiu Jitsu soap, uh, Jiu soap, uh, okay, uh, based in New Jersey. Um, you know, if you want to stay clean off the mats. Yes. You know, we've been talking about these a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get ringworm, staffed, no. MRSA. You know. No one likes that. Guy. Be sure to wash yourself and. Jitsu is a good
0: option.
1: And uh, what about your reverse De La Hiva DVD? Oh yeah, uh, Dijitsu. Uh, D i g i t s u Dijitsu. Um, there's a mobile app. They have a website. You know, mm-hmm. it's a uh, Jason Rao reverse De La Hiva. I think it's maybe like 19.99. Yeah, it's yeah, very you know, affordable. Very cheap. The information you get, I think it's yeah, I think money it's solid fun. information. You know, it's it's yep. definitely more um, you know, introductory level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not not yep. super complicated, but you know, it's stuff that I still use that definitely works at Fair. a at a high level. <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. Um, well, thank you. So, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, remember Sydney West Martial Arts if you want to work on your grappling or any of your uh, martial arts, boxing, mi- mixed martial arts needs out here in Penrith. Uh, we're you know we're we trying trying hard to be the best, and we're we're always after new people to come and join our team. And uh, thank you to uh, the Heat Locker sponsor, which yes. is endless combat, endless combat, um, endlesscombat.com. Use the promo code Heat Locker Ten if you grab some stuff off their website, and We'll talk to you guys thank you great right, thank you bye <laughs>